0: Hello everyone, Scott Myers here at the Self Storage Academy, which is being held live in Orlando, Florida, March 31st through April 2nd, and I want you to be there. Listen, there has never been a better time to invest in self-storage, and there is no better team than ours to show you how to do it, because we wrote the book on how to invest in self-storage. Literally, I created the best-selling home study system back in 2007, titled How to Find, Evaluate, Purchase, and Manage Self-Storage Facilities, and since then, we have helped thousands of people launch and scale their self-storage business, and have now become the nation's go-to resource for all things self-storage, and that's because we now we talk the talk we walk the walk day in and day out since 2005 through now two recessions and amassing a 2.5 million square feet of self-storage totaling over 15,000 doors nationwide there is nobody else that has more experience in self-storage that is teaching people how to invest in self-storage than our team so if you're ready to launch and scale your self-storage business then go to selfstorageinvesting.com click on the events tab to grab your ticket to the upcoming self-storage academy in Orlando that's March 31st through April 2nd along with tickets to our virtual academy for those who can't make it or just aren't ready to go live at this time. So that, again, is selfstorageinvesting.com. Click on the event tab, but do it now as seating is limited, and we have sold out every academy since 2008, so go do it now. And on behalf of my team, we look forward to seeing you then. Take care. This is the Self Storage Podcast, where we share the knowledge and skills from the industry's leading investors, developers, and operators to help you launch and grow your self-storage business. I'm your host, Scott Myers, and over the past 16 years, we have acquired, developed, converted, and syndicated over 2 million square feet of self-storage nationwide with the help of my incredible team at SelfStorageInvesting.com, who has helped thousands of people achieve greatness in self-storage. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Self Storage Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Myers, and this week's guest is my partner, Scott Dehen. Scott is the CEO of the Tricor Investment Group based out of Orlando, Florida, which invests in value-add self-storage facilities in the greater southeast portion of the U.S. Now, I have known Scott for about six years, and we have partnered on multiple projects throughout the country, and recently, we joined forces to start a $25 million fund that allows us to move faster and close more projects as we ramp up our marketing efforts. Scott has held several high-profile posts, such as the VP of Acquisitions at Homestar Storage, President and CEO of Liban Capital, and Principal and Sales Associate with Access Capital Solutions. And in his spare time, he gives back by offering his time and resources to the JCs, the Young Professionals Network, and a local animal pantry, as well as spending dedicated time with his wife and children. So without further ado, please enjoy my conversation with Scott Dehan, where we'll break down how and why we decided to start a $25 million fund. Hey, Scott, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Well, I appreciate you taking that time out today to chat about where you're at, how things are going on, really, not only the investing side, but the private equity side. But before that, I gave everybody a brief look into your past, your bio, and your resume, if you will. But why don't you kind of start from the beginning and fill in the gaps and tell us how you got to the place that you are right now.
1: Sure. Thanks, Scott, for having me. So started back in 2009, got in the business as a real estate broker, actually. Found my knack, selling storage facilities, brokering them. Did that for a few years, found quite a few contacts in the business and really started to love the storage business, which I never thought I'd be in. Also continued to do investment real estate as a broker for the past decade, but really started to hone our skills in storage and started purchasing properties back in 2013, 2014. And then we went on and built a few different portfolios and just started a fund this past year. So it's been a wild ride, a fun ride. Never thought I'd be in storage, but what a great business to be in.
0: Agree 100% and in full disclosure, as I mentioned in the intro, Scott and I are partners in several facilities and also in a fund. And many many conversations that we have almost on a daily basis about how we're approaching this market and the industry and so i felt like it was probably time to have scott on the podcast and and have these conversations on camera and while recording uh, to share. so some of the things that we continue to talk about on a regular basis as we're looking at not only the market but the individual deals is how do we make sure that the facilities that we're buying and the fund that they're going in that Well, it's prepared for winter that we are underwriting to prepare for any downturn or the recession and to guard our investors. Let's take a little deeper dive into the underwriting of these facilities and your approach and the team's approach to how do we underwrite these projects to ensure that we hit our marks and the rates of return for our investors in what is considered probably one of the most tumultuous markets that we've seen in self-storage and real estate in general.
1: Sure. So you don't need a massive team. We grew from the the ground up from having two facilities to running around and managing some of these facilities ourselves. So being in the trenches, I think is an important piece where you don't lose fact of the ins and outs of the business at the ground level. There's a lot of guys out there who come in from different industries with big money, but they lose track of how, what it really takes to manage these facilities at the end of the day. So there's definitely some of that. And a lot of it these days with the bigger money coming into Self storage, as well as the consolidation of some of the mom and pops out there, which is the majority of the industry. So, one thing that we pride ourselves on is the ability to find deals. A mentor ten years ago told me, "You make your money when you buy it." So I keep that in mind. We're really disciplined when we find properties, how we purchase the properties, that we don't put too much debt on them, that we don't overinflate what potential rent would be in the future. Some of those things will, will cause you to look back and go, mm, maybe I shouldn't have, have gotten that to that zealous on the pricing or how purchasing or I just needed something to buy, which a lot of people with big money behind them are running into. And There's a lot of stories in this in the storage game out there that people have done this and flunked in the past. So we can also learn from others there.
0: We have a lot of uh, conversations with individual investors, our private equity partners that are coming in. And sometimes it's the first time they've invested passively in a real estate transaction or in a self-storage deal, or they're just new to using their self-directed IRA because all of their retirement money has now been shifted to a self-directed IRA because they may have lost their job or made a job change. And so we have a lot of folks that are looking at the marketplace to see where best to put their money to get the returns, either to replace an income or to supplement their retirement. And it can be tricky because there's a lot of numbers being thrown around that look very attractive, but... The biggest question in everybody's mind is, how do I get to know these folks better, like them and trust them, as we call it, the entire know, like and trust path that people go on. And for those individual investors, that comes by way of joining our list, taking a look at the Tricor Fund and the offerings. And when they talk with our staff, you know, we say, hey, watch a few of these come out and take a look at the returns and we'll cue you in on to some of the other projects to show you what the progress is and the returns on those before you jump in. That way you can get a good feel for who we are and what we do. And so it's pretty simple and pretty easy for then for somebody to get comfortable with self-storage because we are an education company as well, and then to be comfortable with us. But then it's a whole different animal when you begin to start raising more capital and doing bigger deals like we're embarking on now. And Scott, you're having those conversations with the family offices. So speak a little bit about some of those recent conversations you've been having with the family offices and how they differ from the individual investors and some of the things that they're looking for before they invest with us.
1: Yeah, great points. I just got off the phone with a manager of a family office yesterday. And one of his big questions is, there's a lot of money chasing storage. What makes you different? And my answer to him was the ability to source deals and manage the process of taking on an asset, stabilizing it and finding the value. And how do we underwrite it? How do we find the deals? How do we underwrite correctly? How do we underwrite conservatively? So one kind of nugget of advice is when I see a pro forma from a syndicator and there is a baseline of income that the asset's currently making, and then you look at that pro forma, one to five year pro forma, and you look at it and you see these other things, other income coming in, ancillary income stream, but it's massive, right? The property nets 300000 and all of a sudden in year two, it, it nets 500000 and they they have these couple line items of other income, and they go, well, we can start a U haul franchise and make fifty thousand dollars a year, and then on top of that, we can bring in cruise American, we rent out RVs, and on top of that, we can sell merchandising, and we'll bring in another eighty five thousand dollars, or hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year, and additional income. And so, some of those things you got to watch because they take time and money to do. They're management nightmares. And they sound good on paper. They sound good in theory. And of course, U-Haul, Cruise America, and some of these other vendors talk it up to make it sound great, right? So that's just kind of one nugget that we watch is we don't overinflate the additional income streams. Those are the value add. We don't underwrite to value add. We underwrite to buying solid assets and solid locations with solid businesses or businesses that we know can become solid in very short order. We know we can turn around a property in six months to eight months, maybe a year. Tops shouldn't take more than that because a lot of times we're buying mom and pops that aren't managed correctly. The Expenses are through the roof, 40, 50%. So, I just watch those on the other income and then watch your your expenses to make sure you don't think that you can be at a a 20% expense ratio on a big property that has a massive payroll and not underwritten enough there. So,
0: I guess this falls in the realm of underwriting because we do have to include property management, which is one of the largest pieces. And we could go a number of different directions with this. But, Scott, you've come from a company that self managed to then using third party to quasi self management again with oversight. It's an age old conversation that we continue to revisit. Speak a little bit about the evolution of that and maybe the final direction that our fund is taking right now with regards to third party managed with oversight and what somebody may want to look for when they're looking to either syndicators or even getting into the business on their own with regards to management.
1: No, great questions. I think it's important to self-manage in the beginning if you're equipped to, right? If there's somebody that can do the job better, cheaper, Maybe it's worth it, but it's all about your business plan. So there's no real ready-made fit for any one syndicator or investor or general partner. That's the fun of this business: is we can be very creative and put together all kinds of different scenarios, and that's. One love of this business of mine is the strategy that goes into setting up deals, setting up partnerships. That's the fun of it in in my book. The properties are fun in and of themselves, but they come up with the same headaches that all properties have. So at the end of the day, we can structure all kinds of different deals, and that includes different management styles, right? Or management methods. We find that asset management is the most important for us because that's where a lot of the strategy of the asset comes in, right? And that's what we love. So that's what we're good at. And that's what we focus on. So that same advice to anybody is figure out what your passions are in this business. Riches are in the niches. You find your position within an industry and within a certain skill of that industry and just go at it. You, know, you can hire out your weaknesses and then that's what we've learned to do. But education at the end of the day is, is probably most important to really know what you need, what you're good at. If I wouldn't in the trenches, understanding all these pieces and parts, I wouldn't know that I didn't want to do property management. And I just want to do asset management and run funds. And that's really what we're doing now. So continue to evolve and learn and figure out where your niche is and then stick with it. If self-management is the best way to make sure you can steer that ship and you have a creative property that takes some creativity, well, maybe a third party property management is not the right scenario for that property. So just as well as it's a business plan for your business, it's also a business plan for the property properties uh, are the same. Every property is its own creature. And so you got to look at every property as its own business, as well as fitting that into your bigger plan.
0: Yep. All good stuff and all lessons learned over time from doing both sides of the house. And ultimately, there it is what is best for the individual or the company. There is no magic pill to making all that work. Scott, you touched on the riches being in the niches and self storage. You could call it a niche within commercial real estate, although it's a very large piece of commercial real estate. But one of the niches that we've been fortunate to really kind of be drawn to now is boat and RV facilities, So, you know, specific, not just only adding boat and RV or having, you know, <laughs> buying a facility that has that, but facilities. Facilities That are specifically boat and RV and we're seeing a greater demand for boat and RV storage because it's more difficult to get zoning for it. There's a whole lot of folks during COVID that couldn't go on vacation or travel anywhere. And so they bought RVs and there's still a backlog of uh, RVs that are the manufacturers are trying to produce and they got all got to go somewhere. And so we've been fortunate to be involved in a few of those. And we also have investors that are wanting to either buy them from us or invest with us in those projects as well. So maybe give the folks a little insight into how you're approaching, searching for them, the marketing for them, what happens when we find them and how we go about fulfilling the needs on both ends for us to have in the portfolio and in the fund for investors. And then also to feed the market that may want to buy them from us.
1: Yeah, it is a little bit different of a business model. So we know that we keep cognizant of that. One thing I learned early in the RV and boat storage industry, about five, six years ago, when we started buying those deals that that had exactly that and not many storages, they don't have hard assets on them. A lot of times you may have some covered. So lending, anything from lending can be a challenge to insurance can be a challenge. If you raise rates too drastically, they'll just pick their stuff up and get out of there. They don't have to clean out a unit. So there's definitely some particulars about that uh, side of the business and that niche. But once you understand those, you play to those and make sure you, you mitigate your risk there. I think it's a great little subsection of storage. We're in the markets where it's a good property type, it's a good product. And one thing that we always look at is how do we improve? How do we continue to add rents to the bottom line? How do we manage these properties? How do we manage the rate management of it? Because it's a little bit more sensitive there. There's definitely some nuances, but there's also a lot of big money coming into RV and boat storage. And that's all within the past year and a half, I could tell. Before that was kind of a sleepy subsection that was harder to get financed, harder to get insurance on. A lot of times they're in floodplains, they're in wind areas that cause high liability insurance. We have a property down in Gorda, we pay an arm and leg for insurance. So there's some underwriting things you got to watch out when you're buying a RV boat storage. And there's also things that as a customer of these places, you wouldn't know unless you ran a couple of them. Um, so things like washout stations, dump stations, the amenities that these people require. And there's a lot of Class A's going up nearby that could steal your people based on having a dump station, a washout station. You never think that, that could be a make or break it for a tenant. So a little, little two cents, my two cents on RV and boat. We have a couple of facilities there, I think three at this point, and always looking for more RV and boat storage.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. We like the asset class in general not only about and rv but storage in general because any anytime that we can buy a piece of ground and or a building convert it or it's existing and we continue to lease it out over and over again the demand that we're seeing that is the reason why we do what we do but for folks that aren't looking to acquire or develop from the ground up or getting into the niches within self-storage and they want to invest passively say in the tricor fund what requirements who are the folks that can invest in a fund that buys multiple facilities
1: Most part, it's accredited investors. And so because we're dealing with the fund, we have a $25 million equity fund. We're bringing in a lot of kind of large money family offices, but also your next door neighbor that's worked his butt off for 30 years and set aside some money and gets to be that accredited investor class through a CPA or an attorney of theirs, sign them up to, to have that classification. That's all we need is to know that they're accredited, so they know what they're doing. There's risk like any investment, but we have hard assets. So you could look at bonds, stocks, even the most secure of those things are not backed by actual paper gold or hard assets. So in the crazy times that we're working with, hard assets are huge. So again, credit investors, it's, you know, I've looked at all the other alternative property types out there. It's great for the passive part, but then you get the hard assets. So you kind of get the best of both worlds there.
0: How do people go about investing in a fund. Do they just uh, write a check out of their bank account? You know, What if their money is tied up into a retirement vehicle? Can they use that as well? How can they participate?
1: So typically, we send them back to their CPA and attorney for some of those answers. But long story short is we can either set up an LLC. So it's a vehicle. It's a pass-through vehicle of which you can invest through. You can invest through your own name or spouse. You can invest through a 401k or IRA, Roth IRA, SEP IRA. But then we obviously send you back to your CPA, your IRA custodian, and we'd be happy to work with any of those professionals to make sure it goes smooth. But it's really not that painful. You fill out a couple of forms. You look through our private placement memorandum. You look through the operating agreement. You go through what's called a subscription agreement, where you fill out nine, 10 pages of who you are, what your name is, what's all your details. Are you accredited? you fill out a questionnaire? And that just makes sure everybody understands what is an accredited investor that takes you through that form. Be happy to work with anybody there. We have a staff of people that they're happy to work with anyone to work through those paperwork there. Yeah, pretty painless there. We're raising 25 million. I think we're probably a third of the way there already. And it's minimum investment of 50,000. Up to, we have two classes actually. So you come in a minimum of 50,000 or come in a minimum of a million, uh, you get different splits. So you get an extra 10% bump in the equity split on the property's cash flow and net proceeds. So that's kind of how that works. But again, we have a PPM that fully explains all about how that works, who's involved, the risks involved. And then again, we're here to walk anybody through that. And that's kind of the same anybody out there that, that's in syndications, it works basically the same.
0: So $25 million fund, which means we're layering that on top of a uh, debt. So uh, ending up looking at approximately $60 to $70 million worth of self-storage facilities. So Scott, obviously the Tricor fund and you are, the crystal ball looks uh, good in terms of green light going forward and uh, finding and closing on these facilities. So what is the balance of 2022 and into 2023 look like from your standpoint?
1: So we have purchased right about three and a half, four million a half, $4 million in property we have lined up another $10 million to close in the next uh, 45 days. We have another $10 million behind that in, in property to purchase. So we're looking at one or two closings a month. We will look to f- close out our fund on the fundraising side by the end of the year, close out our purchases within the first 14 months of the fund. So. Then we'll ride it out with those properties for as long as it takes to produce the revenues there. And we may do some refinances, we may take some of the refinance proceeds and reinvest it back. So now we're creating accumulated capitalization, which means you have interest on top of interest, which is really what we want to see in those years four and five of the fund is a kind of compounding of some of the successes in the early years of the fund. So it's a growth fund though, we're looking at the appreciation of some of the properties to create that back-end you know, payout, that is really why we're all in this. we see storage continue to grow, to continue to consolidate, and it's bound to happen that we buy up uh, markets, we buy up properties in certain markets, the market share, and then sell out to the bigger guys that are consolidating this market. And we you look at an industry like this, where 76 to 80% of the market is owned by mom and pops, it has quite a lot to go, quite a lot of room to expand. So we're excited about it.
0: Well, uh, we're going to be talking more about the big roll up and the big consolidation that we're seeing in our industry, because this is uh, one of the few that still has this amount of room to consolidate and to grow a portfolio of facilities to either hold or to sell off eventually. So Scott, with that, I appreciate your time, taking time out of your day. So how, if people want to learn more about what you're doing and more about the Tricor Fund, where do they find you?
1: So you can go to www.tricorinvestmentgroup.com or Tricor IG for short. Check us out there. You can go to the Invest tab, Invest Now, to learn more about our PPM and our fund, the PPM and the operating agreement for it. You can review all that. My information is at the bottom and you know, feel free to give me a call. I'm happy to go over what we're doing here. And we're always open to joint ventures and larger portfolios that we can be part of. We have the fund, but we also have some flexibility to do other things.
0: Scott, thanks so much. Appreciate your time. We'll be talking to you very soon. Take care. Hey, gang, wait three things before you leave. First, don't forget to subscribe to the Self Storage Podcast and turn on your notifications so you never miss another episode. And while you're there, please leave us a five-star review if you like the show. Second, be sure to share your favorite episodes and more via Instagram and don't forget to tag us. And lastly, head to the links in the show description and hit the follow and subscribe button on Twitter and Facebook to get a front row seat as we grow and scale our business and bring you along with us. Take care.